important thing to discuss is why specifically in the building becoming contaminated with spiritual impurity when the person passes why is that the place where the distinction happens between a passing of a Jewish person versus a passing of a non-Jewish person why is that the difference okay as we point out there are many different types of tumor okay so for this we have to take a step back and um, understand uh, a, a principle the principle is that everything in this world is built um, from what the, uh, what the uh, in the Hebrew terms are Tzura and Chomer uh, in, in English they will be translated as um, form and matter or function and matter okay or purpose and matter and so the, the you, matter is, uh, uh, we can think of it as, I mean, uh, abstractly we can think of it what the what the philosophers themselves called Homer Hiuli, primordial matter. Right? Primordial matter, the Ramban talks about it in Sagdama Tuberacious, primordial matter, or dark matter, for example, right? What, what's dark matter? Can you? Come on, you gotta dabble a little bit. You're a mathematician. You don't dabble at all. You're just completely pure math. Okay, fine. Okay, uh, Gavin was asking me questions today about physics. What's dark matter? Dark matter is matter that we can tell has density, but it doesn't reflect light. So if it wouldn't reflect light, we'd be able to spot it like this. Uh, let's light through. No, let's light through. Not only is it, it doesn't have more important. It doesn't have any characteristics that we can know. Mean to say, scientists have no direct knowledge of its existence. It has density. It has. It has. We have no. We have not found it anywhere. We've never found. We've never found a, 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 a one particle of dark matter but they say that seemingly it must be because there must be a lot more matter in, in the world than there is so how, why can't you identify it? answer is perhaps perhaps like the Ramban says that this that this um, that this primordial matter since it has only Homer no Tsura no function no form form is what um, or definition right uh, is what lets you describe or interact with anything, right? Um, how big is it? What does it do? Is it does it do this? Does it not? Does it light let light through? Does it refract the light? Does it does it? But if 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 there's no way to grab onto it at all, there's no there's no way to describe it. It has no dimensions. It has no properties. Has no nothing that it does. That it reacts. That anything reacts with it, right? So then you can't really open your mouth and talk about it. We don't really know anything like that, right? Everything that we know is a com combination of both matter and form. Every atom, every molecule, every cork, everything must have both. It has certain properties, right? Besides its own innate existence. It exists and it has properties. Both. Okay, that's matter and form or function. Now, 
if there's now you can have function or form superimposed on top of form right so for example um, you can have certain chemical properties of a thing right but then the, uh, uh, then those chemical pro but then there's a greater form which would be perhaps a uh, a, a, a cell a cell right that, that combines all those chemical properties into now biological properties that's a higher higher type of form that that can be a plant which now all those things are kind of these are different uh, registers right that, that, you know, um, the one doesn't really impact the other much right uh, I, I have a plant the plant is growing towards the light yeah? if I look under the microscope I see a cell Right, the cell has certain biological properties. If I look deeper with an electron microscope, I see chemical, I see chemical processes, or I see, you know, uh, physical processes, or, or whatever, or maybe I see even quantum things happening. Right? So there's form on top of form on top of form. Okay. Then we get to things like man takes a piece of wood, and makes a table out of it. Now, if you ask the wood, what are you? Says, I'm wood. Right? Just, just wood, right? The man says, no, you're not wood. No, you are. You are something for me to keep my stuff on, for me to keep my food on, or whatever it is. Right? Now, man is adding externally to the object purpose and function. Okay? Now, what if I take a bunch of tables, I take a bunch of chairs, and I put them within four walls and I put a roof over it. Now, it's no longer a table. It's not, it's, this is not a table. You know, this is, it's a part of a house. Right? That's a greater form again. Right? And then I say, okay, but it's not a house. This is a gathering place. It has a purpose as far as what the society needs, what society function is. Um, then wouldn't dark matter have Torah in that it functions for the purpose of making the math work out? Like that, that's how we even identified it in the first place. Even though it has no characteristics, it serves a function. It has no, it has no description. We can't describe it in any way. Again, whether it be dark matter or not is irrelevant. Right? We're just using it as a muscle just mm. to grab onto the concept of what matter is what form is and to then to build layers and layers of form onto the matter so then the hypothetical house is now in our heads we're all imagining the house that is a surah without homer right but the only reason why we can imagine it is because we're imagining the surah with the homer right but you're right that, that's a good very good analogy uh, i'm trying to remember who says this the ramak says what you just said or moshe cardibero that's a yeah Good, good, good company to be in. Okay. okay there's, no, there's nothing which is only Torah without Homer? I mean, we gave an there's example nothing of Homer without Surah. Right, there's nothing that we know. Um, okay, so, so, um, the Ramah in Yusodei Torah says this. You see the Ramah in Yusodei Torah. That is no, no. Yeah, everything is comprised of those Okay, Homer so, uh, matter, matter and form. Assuming yeah. we just found Homer without Surah. Where? Dark, well, dark, dark matter? matter? We didn't find it. <laughs> Definitely. 
When you find it, you let me know. Because <laughs> if you find it, then I'll have to run. There, there, there's not call Okay, so. Um, so now, um, now we're gonna take we're gonna go a, a step deeper. Knowledge, knowledge can be something that is called tzura hamut Knowledge, which it comes fundamentally to describe and emerges out of man's observation of the physical world. Okay. Therefore, no matter what that knowledge will lead to, it will be merely and nothing more than that which emerges from the physical world itself. First, you observe this, like like a classic Aristotelian thought, right? You observe this, you observe this, you put those two together, you get to a bigger idea, and you extrapolate from that, you get to another. But you're, but everything you're pushing off from is nature is the physical world okay then there's something called um, purpose or uh, wisdom that is actually coming from the outside of the physical world it's not something that's emerging from the physical world it's something that is coming down onto the physical world an external wisdom that is being superimposed onto the physical world. I'll be an example of this. First of all, the distinction between these two types of wisdoms. Okay, the, the analogy that uh, that I, that I uh, always use for this is: you find a, a, a raw diamond. You know, they, they call you up from your uh, obviously. Jeremy is a uh, owns owns a uh, a diamond mine somewhere in uh, you know in, in, in what Sierra Leone Sierra Leone yeah and they call him up we found this huge raw diamond right this is incredible right so so what are you gonna do so you're gonna take it you take it to the best diamond this is a big diamond you don't want to mess this one up right because right. when you cut a big diamond right. It's extraordinary. You're gonna pay this guy probably, like, you know, ten million dollars for this cutting. Why? Because he needs to get, he needs to figure out what's gonna be the best way to cut this diamond. What shape? It'll give you the best, cleanest, biggest result. For, and it might be like one big one and three smaller ones, right? And somebody else who's not as good might end up giving you, you know, one that's a little bit smaller and then like five. Yeah, one big one, but smaller than th- than this one, right? And the five smaller ones. So, so you have to really be a mumcha. How are you gonna cut this diamond? How to get the biggest, best diamond possible? Okay. So he takes it to this guy. He analyzes. He says, "I'm telling you, this this diamond, you gotta cut it princess cut. If you do princess cut, you're gonna get huge, clean, awesome. You gotta do it like this. Okay. Now, similar scenario, except now instead of Jeremy, it is the story is that the Queen of England went to a party, obviously wearing her crown, got drunk, 
fell into the gutter, vomiting, big diamond out of the crown fell out into the gutter and was washed away. No, they can't find it. Okay. Now, if this gets out, this will be worse than the Boris Johnson thing, right? It's going to be a huge disaster. Good news is, they get a call from the diamond mine, right? They found this huge raw diamond. They're shipping it to right now. Incredible. This is going to save the, the. So they take it to the diamond cutter. He looks at it. He says, "Guys, tell you this. You got to cut this diamond princess cut, right? You're going to get way more clarity without all the imperfection." They say, "But the, but the crown. Everyone knows what the crown looks like. It's got a round. It's got a round diamond right in the middle. That's what the royal crown looks like." Yeah, but I don't. I don't want to hear. I don't care. You gotta cut it round, right? Because that's what the crown demands. Okay. So the difference between these two is, in one of them, the wisdom of how you're gonna cut the diamond emerges from the natural properties of the raw diamond that you found. Okay. In the other one. The wisdom of how you're going to cut the diamond comes irrespective of the royal diamond that you found. It comes from the shape of the royal crown. And therefore, that, that determines it. Okay? So, uh, that the morale explains in Gvurus Hashem is the difference between all other wisdoms and the wisdom of the Torah. The other wisdoms are, in one way or another, ways to optimize the raw diamond that we have here. Yep. Life in this world is a raw diamond. Okay? And the seven habits of highly effective people is a very good instruction manual for how to cut your raw diamond that it should be the best raw diamond you can uh, best polished diamond you can get. If you don't follow the seven habits of highly effective people or some other good manual like this, you're gonna butcher it, you're gonna you're gonna end up with a with not with a very not such a good diamond. You follow this instruction, you're gonna get a much better diamond. The Torah is not coming to optimize this world. The Torah is coming that this world should serve a greater purpose of bringing Koshimai, to bring honor to the world, to Hashem. Okay. Now, it happens to be. Is it bringing honor to Hashem or making the world to more Now, it happens to be. Right. Well, happens to be. That because Hashem Hashem Hashem's honor is in His world functioning well, so it does also improve things as well. But not necessarily, not necessarily, right? For example, if you haven't uh, read the book uh, To Remain a Jew, have you read the book To Remain a Jew by Yitzhak Zilber? You have to. It's an un- unbelievable, unbelievable book. If you, haven't, if you haven't read it, you gotta read it. Have you read it? First ten pages in Russian. It takes a long time. <laughs> Get it in English and read the whole thing in a couple of days. It's unbelievable. So, in there, he's, you know, in order to keep Shabbos properly, right? He's having uh, kashras and everything. He, he's having that his Shabbos is going to be without heat, without electricity, without lights, with a jar of pickles. Yeah. So now that's not very that that's, doesn't doesn't seem to be a very great way to optimize your day of rest. If you want a day of rest, right? So if you have to flip a, a light or turn on the heat, okay. So it's a little bit. So you flip the light and it will give you heat, right? And you'll have an overall more restful day. 
but, the, but, but in the Torah, uh, no, this is, it's, it's, a, it's a transcendent wisdom that comes down and, and defines the physical world. And here we see a very big difference. So it means that as far as the non-transcendent wisdom, which is that which is what Plato is working with, a house can never be more than a house. Because a house is just an optimized house. It just optimized the sticks and stones. The be- it's the best usage of the sticks and stones. Wait, but maybe you, you know, you maybe have, might have worked 20, 20 years to build this house. And right. All your life, uh, basically. Sure. But it'll never become anything more than the best possible house it can be. But what about the but the tsura you give it? I think it's, it's, yeah. so, but, but the, the, the tsura that you're going to give it will be, will be the best way to optimize it. Because it's coming, again, it's a wisdom that's coming from inside the physical world. But it's not utilitarian. What? It's artistic at that point. Not to be utilitarian. Let it be artistic. The artistic is, is still defined by the balance of you know uh, art is also what's art art is when, when you know, the, the, the fact uh, and beauty can be boiled down to um, symmetry and elegance which are also emergent properties of the of the physical world itself but to become a base hamigdash a house which is holy kodesh yeah, Kaddish means nivdal, means that which is separated, transcendent, a transcendent house, to become a transcendent house, it means that there's a wisdom that comes from outside and comes down here. Now, now let's take a step back. How did, Plato is a very smart man, right? How did your Miyahu manage? To answer all of his questions like that. Is it because he had already spent 20 years longer thinking about all those questions before and happens to be Plato asked them all the questions that Yermiah had already thought of? That's why he answered them all on the spot? In other words, it's called Ruach HaKodesh. Yermiah was telling him my wisdom comes from a different place where your wisdom comes from. Yeah? Your wisdom emerges from the physical world, is defined by the physical world. And not, and, and, and not everything can be explained with that system. Whereas my wisdom, I got it from that house, means to say, not from the house, the, the physical house, but from the base Hamigdash, from the transcendent purpose that dwelled on that house from the surah hanivdelas from the from the transcendent form from the from the um, fulfillment of the will of hashem from the torah right which defined this house as the house of hashem that's where i get my wisdom from means means this it, just like I have Ruach HaKodesh, which is qualitatively greater than your wisdom, 
right? So to this house was a house of holiness. So you're asking me, why do I cry over sticks and stones? Because in your mind, and you're right, according to you, a house can never be more, any, more anything more than sticks and stones. Lishitascha, according to your own reasoning. But according to my reasoning, I mean, according to what we live with, which is that a transcendent truth can come down and take effect and determine, define this world. So then for me, this house was a holy house and therefore I am also privy to the same type of knowledge. My knowledge is also different from your knowledge in that regard. And that's why I can answer all of your questions. Yeah, similar to like the points that Kuzari was making, you know, that he was saying, you know, I, in many ways I would think like you do if I didn't have this tradition, you know, about how the world came to be and how things are about Hashem and all these things. If I didn't right, have the philosophy, this tradition, philosophy is very reasonable. Right. Philosophy is very reasonable, except it's just not true. Right. Because there's, there's a transcendent knowledge. Right. So is that coming? Did, and, and excuse me if this was in the last recording, but did we come to answer why he says you wouldn't understand? No, 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 no. That's, that's, okay, that was, we have now dealt with the first question, the first answer. First question was, why are you crying over sticks and stones? We're explaining that Plato, according to his own reasoning, understands that man can never add anything more to sticks and stones than just exactly that. We understand that it was the place of the presence of the divine. It acted as a vessel for the presence of the divine. Once it's broken, the presence of the divine left. That's what I'm crying about. I'm crying the loss of the Kedusha, not the bias, not the house, but the house was a place for the Kedusha, for the holiness. That's what I'm crying about. But Plato, according to his own reasoning, is saying all this was ever was sticks and stones. So your meow has to, hearing that premise, hearing that premise, back to our Talmudic understanding, right? In the Kasha of Plato, he says, why are you crying over sticks and stones? What's the premise of the question, of the difficulty? Sticks and stones are very important. Well, that, that's true, that's one premise. What's another premise? No. That all this was was sticks and stones. Right? I mean, the general rule, one shouldn't cry over sticks and stones. And, specific application, all this was was sticks and stones. So, Yirmiyahu being a Chochem is not going to address him and say to him, uh, no, I'm crying. He, he, has to sh he has to deal with that premise. You think all this was was sticks and stones. But it wasn't. It was something much greater. It was that, it was a channel to connect to transcendent wisdom. And I have to show you that. Okay? So that was all question one. Uh, but, but back to the idea of the, the artist who builds the house, it takes 20 years. Couldn't he say it's kadosh to me? He doesn't have a sense You can say whatever he wants, but it, it, it came out of my observations of the world. If I never observed the world, I would never have an idea how to build any, any artistic depiction. Every artistic depiction is in one way or another an emergence of the world that we know around us. And what about a child who picks a stuffed animal and it just happens to have a rock and put a stuffed animal? 
I, I, think, I think we're going down some rabbit hole, but you'll tell me later. What? Sounds a lot more like a uh, like idolatry. Like if, if you think your house is going to be Say again? Like what? Mathematics doesn't come from observations of the world? How do you know 1 plus 1 equals 2? Well, that's observations about the world, but then you extrapolate from that. Okay, like I said, then you extrapolate from that. I'll show you the piece in the morale. He says that there's four types of wisdom. There's the immediate observation. There's that which emerges from that observation. And then there's that which can be abstracted from that observation. But it's still coming from there. That's what we say in on Leila Seder. Those are all three still emerging. And then the last one, that's a transcendent. It's a different type of wisdom. Okay, this kind of wisdom is the, the one that the prophet said. Right, exactly. Exactly. Which Yirmiyahu was. That's what he's telling you. Yeah? Question. Yes, young man with the white sneakers. <laughs> that saying that that wouldn't be very descriptive. There are other people right. with white shirts. I have no white sneakers. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Anyway, we introduced this whole conversation by saying that we, there, there's sticks and stones, but then there's also, then there's also like human life, which is quantitatively different than some matter, something that's built, whatever. And now Yumiao sort of equated that, like ra- raised up the Beit HaMikdash. So just practically, if someone were to ask Yumiao, um, should I, I'm, I'm going to either shoot David Amela or I guess Shlomo Amela, or destroy the Beit HaMikdash, would he vote? Like, I'm saying, like, are they really equal, or are we st- like, do we really elevate the beta make this to be so like whatever? I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you an unbelievable gemara. The morale in in the beginning of Nesach Yisrael uh, brings it up, having to do with the destruction of beta make Gemara says that there were they used to make it that. Uh, the Kohanim would, they would, I remember the exact type of it, the point is that they wanted the schus to be able to bring to bring a carbon and whoever would run up first up the ramp would get, would get, to, would get to do it. Uh, one time that didn't work out so nicely because they were running with, with a knife and uh, and they fell and um, one of them was uh, basically uh, shechted by the knife, um, and his father, who was a Kohen, um, saw him flailing over there. Very gruesome story, unfortunately. Um, but also the knife, the knife was still in him or something, and the knife is a clay kodesh. And if it becomes Tomei, it's a very big problem. So the father, so the father says, "Quick, get the get the knife out of him. Get the, before he dies." Uh-huh. Means in, in order to preserve the kedusha of the knife. Okay, so the moral brings that exactly to address. Um, Roughly, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll okay. get So he so he brings he brings that to address this very point. We think of kedusha as like okay, yeah, yeah. oh kedusha, it's a nice thing. Kedusha is the presence of Hashem. So, you know, our our soul is in one way or another some sort of a manifestation. 
but here it's a direct here it's here it's actual right there in front of you right so so he so he's explaining why kedush has to do with blood the, the, that when titus slashed through the parochus the blood started gushing out meaning the breakage of a of a holy thing is literally equated when titus took his sword and slashed through the parochus through the curtain that hung uh, going into the kodesh kadoshim into the holy of holies blood started gushing out what was the blood started gushing out? So to show that it's literally equated that the two of them are it's dealing with the same thing loss of blood loss of life is a profanation of the holy soul that we have and the same thing with uh, destroying something called making a tummy you can balance up they are, like they, are, they are it is something to cry about as well just like a ve- that's why just like Avelus people mourn over the loss of a loved one which is you're mourning over the fact that they're spiritual you don't mourn over a dog right you mourn over over the over the loss of a spiritual person of that kidusha that was there so too we mourn over the destruction of the base of because I, I still have another half yeah. to get there. um when we say kedusha as the presence of hashem but then we say atakadosh are we saying you are your presence um no kedusha means something which is which is transcendent but something which is transcendent is definitionally connected to Hashem so we say Atakadosh we're talking about Hashem being transcendent okay so that was all the first question that that, that, that Plato uh, posed to Yirmiyahu and Yirmiyahu answered I would, uh, so let's see if we can I wanted to get to the second question as well but apparently I don't know how to measure my time well. Okay. Um, so the second question was, what's the point over crying over something that happened? So let's say it was the greatest thing. Fine, but what is it going to accomplish to cry now? Right? It's already happened. Oh, you could think, let's build towards the future. Let's think, let's, let's all start, you know, um, working together. Yeah. You know, do whatever we need to do, right? But what's the point of sitting there crying? You're just wasting time. Yeah, we're 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 about uh, right this past Shvaser uh, Batamus. We we fasted. We were tired. We didn't really do anything. Uh, a lot of learning was was wasted. We, you know, people learned a lot less Torah at than would have been otherwise, right? So what what's the what what's the point of it? So uh, crying. Crying over the past. Okay. Is it building that connection? What? Is it reestablishing or building that connection? No. No. That would be already constructive behavior. Okay. Let's go. Let's, let's, let's rebuild. We're, we're going we're gonna to do this. Work on our connection. Work on our connection. You know when we do that? Start with L and, and, and Tishrei. A lot of primarily. Yeah? So mourning is not remembering, which is allowing you to maintain that connection. Is what? Mourning is not re- is a, is a, not a remembrance, which allows you to establish or maintain or build that connection. Okay. Mourning is too like many a hard too stop. many words. I mean to say because you're saying remember, maintain, build. Right. So remembering can accomplish. I feel like a lot of those things. Remembering is a great thing. Rosh Hashanah is Yom Hazikaron. Right. 
So that that does a lot, remember. But that's not a velus. That's not crying. The crying, what, what is the crying accomplishing? Wallowing in your misery, right? Just lying on the floor, covered in tears and throwing dirt on your head. What does that do? Especially the separation. Then, when they actually felt it. I mean, we, you could say we are doing it for Zikaron, but they were in Zikaron, like that, there was like the next year. We're trying to do the same thing they did. No, no, this is like putting a, putting a pause, right? Like you just had an event that's... You know, if we describe like a death of a person, it's like there's, there's a big gap now that's formed in the world. And you can't uh, you can't be productive while this gap is still there. Okay, so let's take a look at a Pasuk in, in your meow. Komar Hashem, Kol This is the words of Hashem. A voice is heard and up high. He b'chi tamrurim. Uh, there's uh, wailing, there's there's uh, crying. Rachel Mivacha Albaneha, Rachel is crying over her children. she refuses to be consoled Albaneha over her children because they are no longer, because they're not. This is the word of Hashem. Muni Kolech Mibechi withhold your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears because there is reward for your deed is the oath of Hashem and they will return from the land of the enemies and there is Hope for your end, Nuum Hashem, I swear, Hashem, the oath of Hashem, Vishuvu Bonim Ligulam, and the children will return to Ligulam to their borders. Okay, so what do we see over here? We see that crying actually uh, somehow or another is affecting a change, right? So your Miyahu is, and ultimately the answer is going to be Plato saying, what's the point of crying over spilled milk? I mean, why don't you go forward and try to rebuild or whatever it is, not understanding that going backwards, actually, somehow, we don't yet know how, but somehow going backwards actually is productive. Even though, I, I know, that's what you're saying, uh, but even though you're not doing anything, you're not doing anything, you're not rebuilding, you're not reconnecting, and yet somehow it's going to be productive. How does looking backwards, not looking forwards, we talk about the rebuilding, you're looking towards the future, you're saying, okay, I'm going to start working towards it. Here you're looking back. And you're crying over what was, what's been lost, and somehow that's going to be productive. Okay? That's going to be a very difficult thing to understand. That's exactly why, uh, that's exactly why Yirmiyahu says to him, you know, I, I, I would explain it to you, but you're not going to understand. Um, we'll have to see why, according to the reasoning of Plato, again, it'll be the same Lutamech, right? The you, according to your reasoning, where you're coming from. Who you are, Plato represents human knowledge, human understanding. 
That's who he is. He is the mouthpiece of human reasoning. Right? And here is prophecy speaking with him, right? Telling him, here is a transcendent world that you don't understand, which is why you can't, you, which is why you, you can't understand what I'm doing. Um, Okay. So we, we have we have uh, we have probably half an hour worth of of a sheer still. Um, maybe what I'll do, Lena, there, I will send out a recording later to, for, for the remaining half. Okay, so I'll just take maybe a, we have a couple minutes for some questions, but uh, I will believe that send the rest. Any questions? So overall, it's just a, it's a matter of two different perspectives. That's right. That's right. And that, and that's and, and this is why it's so crucial for us to leave the person. You have to understand, we grew up with Plato, right? Not Plato. <laughs> Plato. Yeah. Probably played with Plato as well. Right, yeah. but that's not as big of a problem. Yes. Right. <laughs> but uh, so our mode of thinking, Plato. Игрушечное тесто. Пластилин. Пластилин. But, uh, but uh, so it's... Uh, so we have to change our perspective in so many ways, right? Change our change our relationship to what is a Dover Kaddish. Right? For example, a base Midrash is a, is, 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 a, is a place of Kiddusha. People say, what's the difference? I'll dive in there. I'll dive, I'll, 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 I can dive in my room, right? Uh, you're failing to recognize that there is a Kiddusha that takes place here. You don't have any room, right? So we shouldn't leave garbage around. Or, or spew garbage. Or, right, or spew garbage. <laughs> right. Physical, physical or, or, or right. otherwise, yes. Right. Um, or, again, crying. It's a similar thing. People don't understand crying. People don't get it. It's like a very, it's a very perplexing how. That's what I was hoping to get to today, right? But talking about crying, talking about what is the benefit of crying, that's uh, that's uh, we have to really change our perspectives for that. Well, so, attention that something's wrong. True. But if you already know something's wrong, you just go and fix it. Right? I guess. Yeah. Crying is like a, a from at least from the very limited understanding I have it, it's like a extension of something that seems almost impossible. Like you can't do anything about a situation, and it's because okay. it's so impossible. It's okay. Like you're, you're, Expressing yourself in this visceral way, so, so it's like an animal weeping. You no, know, no, no. So it like would seem like to me that if that if that's if we're crying over something that's almost like impossible to like yeah. and connect with, that yeah. would seem to like maybe be like an antidote for connecting yeah. yourself to something that's infinite and impossible to connect to. Okay, um, maybe I have to think about what you're saying. Uh, me, me too. I think. Discuss it. <laughs> <a little bit. laughs> Do you think for this upcoming. Show?